Welcome to St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church live interactive podcast. Thank you for tuning in with us today. And now for your hosts for your spiritual hour of power, Pastors D.A. Bennett and Josh Coates. And welcome everyone to another great week and another week of our podcast. We're excited to be with you today. Hope that you've got some great questions for us. If not, uh, I'm sure we've got plenty to say on the topic of spiritual transformation. Uh, DA and Jeff are joining me today. How are you guys doing? You know, I think Jeff is just in a weird mood and he's yanking our chain today because he goes, okay, we're going live and we're watching the countdown. And then all the sound in our monitors went out <laughs> and it's like, oh no. And Jeff said, oh, that's me. So <laughs> Jeff is feeling spunky today, I think. <laughs> not not too bad. Not too bad. You know. <laughs> So, but yeah, I'm I'm doing good. Life is a whirlwind right now. We anticipate it's going to be that way for the next couple of weeks. But there's uh, something exciting about momentum when uh, things are cooking and things are changing. So yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely. Good. You're doing well. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little tired. Uh, things are kicking off now. Back at school with the kids. We got our first middle school football game tonight, and uh, soccer is going to be starting. I think next week. So. Uh, I mean, so both girls play soccer. So Addie plays soccer. Paisley's actually in gymnastics, and oh, okay, that's right, starting that's that right. Back up, okay, so. and, and unfortunately, Eli just gets to wave the towel and cheer on his fingers. He's on the yeah, he's, physically unable to perform list. Yeah, for he's in the boot, and hopefully, uh, hopefully for only another week, and he'll be able to be back out there. So here's the key question. I I don't know if all of y'all have uh, met Eli, Josh's son, eighth grader, but here's the question I have. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. Is he taller than you now? He is. <laughs> He's taller than me in the last year. Uh, he shot past me. Uh, his feet actually were a lot bigger than mine before his height. He was. He went from like eight and a half to size thirteen in just a matter of months. Yeah, and, uh, that's about his, how this whole seer, uh, season feels as yeah. we're doing that. Yeah, so but, he's he's blown by me. Well, I was glad when both my sons got taller than me. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you always wanted to be a certain height, and you didn't reach it, so at least maybe your sons right. get it, there. It, you know, he wants to play football. He wants to be a tight end, and I don't know very many 5'9 uh, tight ends, so it is yeah. a good thing that so he's he going to be taller to than going. me. Right. I used to tell people when I was a kid, we thought the ideal height and weight would be 6'4", 220. I made 220. <laughs> <laughs> Never got six four, but hey, I made two twenty. Hey, it's not bad to, to reach half your goals. Now, now that you put it like that, I mean, it's, 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 it's encouraging. I mean, I, uh, baseball players would love to bat five hundred. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. So, wow, we. I got to tell you, uh, this series has been much longer than uh, we originally intended. But this past Sunday, I've got to say was some of the best response that we've had. Um, one of the things we do here is whenever we have a meeting, whether it's a staff meeting or a finance committee, whatever it is, we always take a moment to share something that God has done in our life where we've experienced the presence of God. And we always say the last seven days, sometimes it's a little farther back if people really have a great story to share. Uh, and for two meetings that I was in this week, uh, there was a response Sunday morning that was my God moment. I used a different one today in staff, but it was one we shared. I want you to share that with people 
as we start. I just think that's a, a great story people need to know. Yeah, at the end of our, our 1050 service, uh, there was a, a little six-year-old girl and her grandmother that came down, and uh, the, the girl had given her life to Christ, had already made that decision and experienced the the, pro, you know, the beginning stages of spiritual transformation as, as a six-year-old, which is incredible, uh, and it's so awesome to, to see that. And uh, through your sermon and talking about spiritual transformation and, and things, it, she just had a, a burden on her heart to pray for, for someone in her family that um, that wasn't at that point yet, that hadn't um, you know decided to follow Jesus yet. And so it was an incredible opportunity to get to pray with her and her grandmother um, and, uh, and just get to see God working in this girl's life and, and just mm-hmm. encourage her to, to continue being a light and um, and, and stuff. So it was, it was a, a great moment for sure. I know when, when I saw them walking down to the front, I'm like, Oh wow, this is awesome. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if, if, you know, the Holy spirit is doing something in this little girl's heart. And you figure if the little girl wasn't dragging grandma, you know, she was grandma come with me right. because I, I want to go pray. And I couldn't wait till the service was over. Man, what was going on? I I really wanted to to know that. And it, it I just always love seeing those manifestations of how it really is. The Holy Spirit is working in people's hearts. I think that's good for you know us as pastors. It's good for the church to know. You know, we're we're not listening to lectures. We're worshiping and and experiencing life transformation. And that's what the focus was on uh, the church as a spiritually transformed people. And I think this is an important thing for us to realize because one of the things that – the church gets as a reputation, and, and I don't even think this is necessarily unfair. I think it's sometimes it's very justified. Is in a church we can we we have we have DNA, if you will. Yeah. You know, most of us are going to dress like, most of us are going to look like, most of us are going to uh, use the same phrases. I mean, you know, if if I use a phrase in a sermon, it, it's pretty natural that other people would pick up and use that same kind of language. And on the outside of the church, what happens is people think the church is just the place where everybody looks the same, acts the same, talks the same. Uh, and I don't fit into that because I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. And the reality is uh, we, we may have those same kind of rhythms and DNA. But the, the truth is, yep, all of us <laughs> are a mess. The church is not a place of just cleanly sanitized people it's a, a gathering of people that are trying to become cleanly sanitized and right. transformed yeah. no one has arrived right no, no one has arrived right. no one is perfect no one has it all figured out um even though sometimes we might be able to put on a pretty good show we might sure. be able to put the mask on and hey how are you doing oh i'm doing great and maybe on the inside we're thinking my life is in shambles right now <laughs> but uh that's the, the way to answer it i think for me it's important to realize when you read scripture and you read the passage in romans where it says all have fallen short of the glory of god right. it's everyone those outside 100%. of the church and yeah. those inside the church you don't give your life to christ and all of a sudden you you have everything figured out and you're perfect it's a it's a long process which was a part of your sermon right. talking about that process towards the end of the sermon but uh no one has arrived we've all fallen short we're all in that same um you know boat as you know per se with regards to um not being perfect one of the and the reason i chuckled is because sunday uh Somebody came up to me and they said, how are you doing? I said, man, I'm just going nuts. And then a little bit later, somebody else came up and they said, how are you doing? I said, oh, I'm doing good. And then I stopped and said, no, I'm lying. I'm going nuts, <laughs> you know, because we putting on that mask, wanting to right. people to think, you know, oh, yeah, I'm great. I'm good. Uh, and I was just a little bit um, scattered 
on Sunday. I was a little bit distracted, and, and I actually I think we talked about that a little before yeah. the service that I didn't want to be that way. Um, the, the church is a place of spiritual transformation, and and part of what I experience, um, even when I do get one part of my life figured out, cleaned up, sanitized the transformation of the Holy Spirit is, okay, now let me show you this other part of your life where I I want to do work. And so while I may have, you know, I've got all this together, (laughs) the list of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in my life is larger than what I understand in that given moment. Absolutely. The Holy Spirit doesn't just want a part of us. When we talk about spiritual transformation, it doesn't just transform a certain area or aspect of our lives. I mean, you know, salvation isn't the, you know, a good person or a bad person becoming good or a good person becoming better. It's the dead becoming alive. Oh, wow. Spiritual transformation touches every aspect of our lives. Um, We we are not the same as we were before. Um, it, It is a complete transformation, not just a, well, I only need to be transformed in this one area of my life. No, the reality is we all fall short in all areas. Right. And, and the Holy Spirit doesn't just make us a better version of ourselves. It makes us a live new creation. Yeah, that, that's, that's a, a great word. And so, you know, we're talking about spiritual transformation and a, a common question someone might have, and we sought to try to answer this Sunday, but let's deal with it now. And that is the starting point of spiritual transformation is an encounter with Jesus. And and I think I can back up on that a little bit and, and say, because of, you know, our Wesleyan theology, we would say that when Jesus encounters, he, he has a plan of transformation for us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the invitation is, come follow me. Okay, I follow you. What? You mean I can do it this way? I don't have to. When we encounter Jesus, I think there's something about the the love and grace and mercy of God, the kindness of how God treats us. It's like, yeah, I, I want to change. And I think that's why Jesus confronts us. Yeah, so uh, several, several years ago, this would have been the Thunder's first season in Oklahoma City. Wow, that was... I was oh seven oh eight when uh, would have been oh six oh six no it would have been oh eight oh eight okay because I moved was, here in oh six oh six was the Hornets that, that's okay. what it was okay yeah. and then oh seven we had nothing and then oh eight was the Thunder okay. and uh, I was in Sacramento for a youth ministry convention mm-hmm. it was in the preseason the Thunder's very first preseason game is in Sacramento was in Sacramento oh how I cool is I that I didn't know it I didn't know it at all. Uh, we're pulling into the hotel, getting out of our car, walking in, and someone comes running out and says, "You got to move your car. You got to get out of here. We have an NBA charter bus pulling in right now. You've got to move." And uh, and so I thought, well, oh, that's I've been an NBA yeah. fan my whole life. I wonder who it could be. And yeah, so the, the Lakers, I, the Celtics. Right, I quickly get in my car, go park it in the and and come down. And as I come down, the Thunder are getting off the bus, and I thought, holy cow, this is incredible. Um, I, I've been a fan my whole life, and and we finally have a team, and here here I am, just happened to be in Sacramento, and so I got to meet all the players. I mean, it was it was super cool, and one of the things that I remember, um, and, and typically I don't feel like a short person, but when I'm standing next to Kevin Durant, who's seven Six foot tall, there, well, yeah. um, I felt incredibly small, um, incredibly small in in light of of his height. I just felt like a a small, short person. And um, when we have that encounter with Christ for the first time, right? We have that encounter with Jesus and it's this, it's a similar feeling of 
because of his holiness, we recognize how unholy we are wow, in yeah. relation. Um, and, and you th- look at Peter, Peter's response when Jesus says, cast your net over there instead. And he that pulls up and, and the boat's sinking and, and he falls down to the feet of Jesus and says, I'm not worthy. Yeah. Um, and when we are, we have that initial encounter, not just the initial, anytime we're having an encounter with Jesus, but specifically that first encounter when our eyes are open to how holy he is mm-hmm. and how unholy we are as a result and our need for spiritual transformation, our need for Jesus. Um, it's just, it's, it's an incredible thing. And so, yeah, that encounter with Jesus is what takes, starts the whole transformation. And, and Peter's not the only biblical example of that. I mean, I think of Zacchaeus, you know, he just wants to see Jesus. He climbs that tree and when he encounters Jesus and Jesus says, I'm coming to eat dinner at your house tonight. And at the end of that, he's like, Lord, anything I've done to cheat people. Yeah. I'm going to change. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, well, and even even when you back up into the Old Testament, now it wasn't Jesus. It's, we're talking about the presence of God right. in this, but Isaiah in the temple. Yeah. Right? I'm not worthy. These lips are unworthy, right? When yeah. we are when we have that encounter, that initial encounter, it opens our eyes to so much. So we 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 want spiritual transformation and and those of you that are watching, many of you have experienced in your own life, you know, whether it's a, a burden feeling literally like a physical burden was lifted off your shoulders because you experienced the presence of God in a way. Uh, we know what that's like. And when we have that kind of experience, we want to make sure everybody we know and love has that same experience. I, I think of Andrew, you know, St. Andrew's first disciple that was called. And the first thing he does is he goes and finds his brother, man, you got to come meet this guy or the Samaritan woman at the well. Uh, she encounters Jesus and, and she goes back to the village and says, you've got to come meet this guy. Yeah. There, there's something about us when our lives have been changed and transformed. We want other people to experience that. The danger, and this is where we get it wrong sometimes in the church, is we can be overbearing right. and try to cram it down people's throats. And that's just never helpful. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think of the times where I've seen a movie that I just absolutely loved. And I was like, oh my gosh, everyone has to see this movie. Yeah. It's incredible. I'm going to go tell everyone. And then I realized, well, some people have seen it and they didn't like it like I did. Or some people are like, you're too in my face. I'm not going to go see it. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can be that way with, with Jesus, right? We're so excited about our encounter with Christ, the transformation that we experience, that we want others to experience that. Right. God deserves worship from everyone. We want everyone to experience tr- spiritual transformation. But sometimes we can rush the process, and we can try to force people to have the same experience we did rather than allowing them to have their own experience with Christ. Years ago, I was uh, preaching what was called a youth revival down in uh, Flower Mound, Texas. I was at Treach Memorial United Methodist Church, and I had been there the year before and preached, and uh, they invited me back a, a second time, which I always think is a compliment. It's an honor to be asked once. It's really a compliment to be asked to come back again. And uh, the first night I, I preached and I gave an invitation for people to come pray and receive Christ. And this young girl, I'm guessing she may have been about 15, came up to me and she's like, do you remember me from last year? And I said, I, I remember your face. I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. And so she told me her name and, um, you know, just doing ministry with her like you were doing with that six-year-old right. on Sunday. And she said, I just really feel like I need to 
give my life to Jesus, but there's just stuff I don't know and stuff I'm not sure of. And so we just sat there and, and talked for a long time. And it's, you know, basically I said, uh, you know, I can't make that decision for you. Uh, if I could, I would, but I can't make that decision for you. She came back again. Uh, I don't remember now if it was the next night or two nights later. She was there every night, but uh, she came up to me uh, one of the other nights and she said, I want to give my life to Christ. And, you know, it's like, hey, hey. <laughs> that's why I'm here is to help people do that. But I said, what's changed? She said, I'm ready tonight, but if you had forced me into that, the other night, I never would have come back again. Yeah. You know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut. You know, sometimes I get right. it right. But we can't force people in to spiritual transformation. When people encounter Jesus, even if we're the ones that are, are you know, witnessing to them, helping them to understand things, it is Jesus that's going to transform them. It's yeah, not us. Absolutely. We're called to cast nets um, and plant seeds. Uh, but but it's it's Jesus who does the work. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that, um, you know, the encounter is with Jesus, right? The starting point of spiritual transformation is an encounter with Jesus, not an encounter right. with me. Right. And, and it's not a one-time encounter. We continue right. to encounter Jesus all the time. And that's, uh, you know, again, I think something important for people to know is spiritual transformation doesn't happen all at once. Now, I want to yeah, it, it's a process. We're going to get to that. But what I want to say is when we give ourselves to Jesus, like that girl, you know, down in Flower Mound did, her life was instantly changed. There is a, what we would call a relative change. It's a relationship. I wasn't connected to Jesus. Now I am. But when we talk about spiritual transformation, we're not just talking about relational change. We're now talking about real change, getting rid of sinful habits, having that experience, uh, we're Christ is transforming our lives. Yeah, the, the two ways I look at it is justification and sanctification. Exactly. Justifying grace and sanctifying grace. Right, justification is the moment you make the decision, I'm going to follow Jesus. Right. I'm going to repent and turn to Jesus. Turn from my sin, right. turn to God. And it's, it's, God, it's God declaring the believing sinner righteous. It's, it addresses the penalty of sin in our lives, mm -hmm. right? We are not in relationship, and now we are. We have eternal life. But as I am well aware, and I'm going to guess everyone is because we all fall short, the moment I gave my life to Christ, I continued to sin. I continued well, to mess I would imagine. up yeah, I mean, every I, I single day. I perfected some of my sin. And, and <laughs> right, and that's the process we talk about in terms of spiritual transformation is a process. It's sanctification. God declared the believing sinner righteous, but sanctification is God producing the righteousness in us over time, and it, it addresses the power of sin right. in our lives, right? The penalty is paid, but there's still the power of sin that has to be addressed, and that's that, the... That's a good way to explain the it. Long, the long process that we talk about when we're thinking about this idea of spiritual transformation. It's not a one-time event. It's a daily surrendering, repenting, and inviting the Holy Spirit to do a work in our lives. Part of what we talk about in confirmation when we talk about this with our confirmation students is in that moment that you are justified, you are also sanctified you're just not completely sanctified your relationship right. is changing and we, we we make that designation because scripture says you know if, if you're not sanctified you will not enter the kingdom of god so in that moment you're justified you are sanctified but not completely uh, a couple of illustrations that i use to uh, help them understand this and maybe this will be helpful for some of you as well is 
when you know springtime you go to washington dc one of the big sites is the cherry trees and they're all blossoming and i like to ask people what is that cherry blossom it's a cherry <laughs> i mean right. that's that's what it is but you're not going to take it home and eat it you're going to wait for that cherry to mature and be complete and then it's what we would experience when you know we're wanting sweet fruit to eat or another way is if, if people have an organ transplant, you know, if they get a heart transplant or lung transplant, you know, whatever it is, when that donor organ is placed into the recipient's body, it is their heart. It is, you know, their lung or whatever it is, but they still have to have the, the meds and the experience of their body receiving right. this new organ. It, it doesn't, it happens all at once, but it's still a, a process. And, and that's, you know, I, this is where temptation really gets into us because, you know, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm actually quite good at some of my sin. I, I don't say that with pride. I say that with humor, but I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm quite fluent right. <laughs> in, in some of my sin. Um, and sometimes it's like, God, I don't know how you can forgive me again. Every, every time I may do this thing, I feel guilty and I feel ashamed. And you still remind me that it, my life is belongs to you and you're going to help me get over this. God, I've been dealing with some of this so long. I should be over it by now and I'm not. But that's how great our God is. Right. Uh, and that's the work of grace, right? Yeah. God's grace reaches out to transform our spirits. It's all, you know, sometimes we think it will, I'm going to have this to-do list, this checklist. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to clean my life up and I'm going to be transformed. But right. it's it's not our work. It's the work of God. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the work of God's grace in our life um, that actually transforms us. And, and it's it's grace that we participate in. I mean, right. it's not like, give me some grace. Okay, I'm good to go. Uh, it's, Lord, because you've given me this grace, I want to live differently. I, I, you know, you forgive me for this sin I've committed, you know, for the, the hundredth, the five hundredth, you know, t- however many times it is. God, I know your grace is always there. I don't doubt your ability to forgive every bit of my sin, but I need you to transform me. I really want to I don't want this to be who I am. This is not pleasing to you. This is not acceptable to you. Uh, I know you're not going to reject me, but Lord, I want you to transform me. Yeah, one of the definitions for grace that I love that one of my seminary professors said is that grace is God coming in mercy to help us. Hmm. And when I think about someone helping me, um, one, oftentimes I, I have to ask for that help. Um, and, and sometimes in my stubbornness, I don't, and someone will step in and recognize I need help and offer to help mm. even when I don't ask. And even in those instances, I, I have to open myself up to receive that help. And so, yeah, we do have a responsibility in all of this in terms of God coming to mercy to help us th- you know, as, as grace. Um, he's not going to force himself on us. And so we have to open ourselves up, open our hearts up and invite the Holy Spirit to do that work in our lives because God's not going to force himself on us. Right. We we can't force it down somebody's throat because Jesus doesn't force it down our throat. It is always available. Uh, And again, the the longer I live and the more I experience the power of of Christ in my life, the more drawn to him I am, the more, Jesus, this is what I want to do. And he's called us to be part of his church. Uh, I love the scripture, and I believe it's in Ephesians chapter 5, which is 
uh, a scripture that Robin and I had read at our wedding. I always love it when uh, people say, hey, we want you to read this scripture at our wedding because it is one that, number one, it's truly misunderstood because it uses the word submit. Right. And the idea is that we submit to each other. And at the end of that in chapter five, I don't remember the exact verse, but Christ says what, or what Paul writes is, I'm telling you a mystery that is about Christ and the church and that Christ wants to present the church as a bride without wrinkle or stain or spot to his father. That is the work of transformation. That is the work of he's calling us. Someday he's going to present us before God. And and we ultimately believe, yeah, finally there will be spiritual transformation. Finally we'll be uh, changed from from mortality to immortality, from sinful, broken, corrupted bodies to new bodies that thrive. And uh, that's that's a promise of Christ. That's, he's never going to give up on us. Amen. Yeah, God is faithful. So you have any closing thoughts today? We're kind of no, I, I love Gabby today. Yeah, I love <laughs> the topic this week. I, I love the idea of spiritual transformation, and and I was I really appreciated your vulnerableness with mm. in that sermon um, this week. And, uh, and so I, I think it's something, it's always a good reminder. Um, I think uh, many of us that have made the decision long ago to, to follow Jesus, um, it's always a good reminder that um, ultimately it's not about us. Uh, it's, it's about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives right. and, and being receptive to that. And even though the decision I made for Jesus was you know 30 years ago, um, I still very much am needing to make that decision daily Every day, of repenting, right. turning away, and realigning my life with God. Very good. So, Jeff, before we cut out, did you, we have any questions, any comments? We need to give a shout-out to some people that are listening and watching today. Oh, well, no no more questions. Uh, but, yeah, shout-out. Uh, we got Christy and uh, Jeff. Thanks for the feedback there. We'll take a look at that there. Um uh, Dell joining in with us. So, Excellent. Uh, but yeah, thank you for all joining in. And uh, like Da and Josh always say, if uh, you have questions throughout the week or even before uh, we do the podcast, get those submitted in so we can uh, address those during the podcast. Thank Absolutely. you very much. So, so friends, again, uh, this Sunday we're actually going to finally bring to completion the series on creating the church. Uh, we'll start a new series after Labor Day weekend. I do want to remind you that this weekend we only have two services. Uh, both will be live streamed. We have a 930 service, or I'm sorry, we nine. have a nine o'clock service and then a 1030 uh, holiday weekend. We know a lot of people travel and it's just helpful for us to mix it up a little bit every now and then helping people to see each other that may worship in other services that they didn't always know. We hope we can see you Sunday, but if you're not here, uh, give us a shout out on the live stream. Say, hey, we're, we're here. We'd love to see that. Until then, friends, God bless and have a really great day. Thank God for that rain yesterday. Amen. Hey friends, D.A. Bennett, St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church. I want you to know that we are discovering some real blessing and benefit of digital discipleship, but we also want to talk to you about subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, it's under the church's name, and you'll get some different uh, video devotions each day. So if you're looking for another venue, maybe it'll work for you. God bless you.